welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Welcome back to the Accelerator Podcast of the 242 Network. Brian Tillman here from the Back 40 of Podcast World. We are back with another episode talking with pastors about their philosophy and practice in preaching. If you like the content, please take a quick second to rate and review the content or the episode for us. Also, reach out on Twitter or Instagram at 242network or catch us on our Facebook page and let us know some topics you would like for us to cover in future seasons of the Accelerator podcast. In today's episode, we have one of my favorite preachers. He is a friend and a mentor of mine. I am sitting down and talking with Danny Forshe, pastor of Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Dr. Forshe is a passionate expositor and proclaimer of God's word. He also has a hot heart for evangelism to see individuals far from God come to know and love God. I met him when I walked into my very first seminary class at Southeastern Seminary. I believe that you will not only enjoy the content of our interview today, but you will be challenged and you will leave encouraged. Here is my interview with Danny Forshee. Dr. Forshee, thank you for joining us on the Accelerator podcast, and thank you for uh, sharing with us uh, over these moments uh, about preaching and uh, your preaching ministry. Good to be with you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So, Dr. Forshee, would you please share with our listeners, uh, you are serving right now at Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin. Just share with with our listeners, about the ministry there and, and also about your family. Yeah, be glad to. Well, first, my family, Ashley and I have been married 35 years. I was talking to her today before we made this call. She remembers you and, and Paige very well. And um, Ashley and I have been married 35 years. I have three kids. Oh, my goodness. They're all grown, Brian. And they're all married. They're dutifully employed and, <laughs> and working out of the house. Amen. And out of dad's pocketbook. There we go. Come on, come on. Two, all three are in the ministry, serving the Lord in the local church. Hannah is married to our uh, student pastor here at Great Hills. Okay. They've given us our two grandbabies. Come now, don't please don't get me started. We won't even talk about homiletics, brother. We, <laughs> we'll talk about grandchildren. But anyhow, that's Hannah, and then Bryant is the junior high pastor up at uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church, a little mission work up in uh, Plano. They might make it. They might make it. They might. He's got more kids in his ministry in junior high than I had in my first church serving as a senior pastor. And then Layton is our, um, it's really cool. Just last week, he he came to me and said, Dad, I I feel the, the call of God to be ordained and be in the ministry. So he's been on our staff as the social media director 
But now he's about to become our online pastor once he gets ordained. So all three are in the ministry and serving the Lord. We've been here at Great Hills for almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years in June. And um, whew, it's been quite a ride, but uh, God has been so good to us, so faithful. I was telling the church Sunday, I was like, you know, I was just reminded you know, when we came, we we're $7 million in debt. We were struggling church. And now, praise God, we're out of debt, completely out of debt. And we have a church plant that we started three years ago that's doing great. And now we're looking at another, uh, this, it's going to probably start out as a campus. Then I'm going to be helping with the preaching. It'll probably morph into its own autonomous church eventually. But I would think, I would say though, Brian, the, the most exciting thing going on at Great Hills Baptist Church are two things. One is our Tuesday night prayer meeting, which God is just so good to us and blessing us. And we have way, way more people online watching the prayer meeting, really interesting, than we do people in the, in the room. And the other thing is the discipleship emphasis in our church. And I'm happy to talk about any of that, but those are the two things I'm real excited about. Uh, how long have you had your, uh, your prayer meeting going um, on Tuesdays. Yeah, we just, you know, we were influenced through Robbie Gallaty and his ministry at Long Hollow, uh, Nathan Lino, friend of ours at uh, Northeast, Northeast Houston Baptist Church, and uh, Nathan's a close friend of mine, and so we, we've talked about that, and so November of 2020, okay. we started it, and we've been going ever since then on Tuesday night, go for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. I call it the fastest hour of my week, and it, it takes some time, though. We you know, I scripted out as far as a flow. Of course, one take my hands off the wheel and the Holy Spirit, let him lead and let it be fluid. But I found just kind of like in my preparation of a sermon, my preparation for the prayer meeting, I found if the Holy Spirit is in the preparation, he's also in the presentation, you know. Oh, there we go. So, but that prayer meeting has been fantastic. We, we love it. Um, can, can our listeners uh, just go to your website and, uh, and see those on, on Tuesday nights? They can. It's it's live stream, ghbc.org, live stream. That stands for Great Hills Baptist Church. And uh, yeah, they can tune in there at seven o'clock. They can submit prayer requests. We take those. My son, I was talking about earlier, Layton, he's there. He takes them. And when they huddle up in their groups and pray, I go to the stage with him oftentimes and he just reads them off and I start praying, praying over those requests. We have hundreds of people, Brian, that are watching us. <laughs> It's, it's, it, we, we it's won't awesome. have 20, 30, 40 people in the room, but we'll have hundreds of people. So awesome. it's been fun. Awesome. Um, so uh, listeners, I came to, uh, to, to, to know Dr. Forshe at uh, Southeastern Seminary 24 years ago. And uh, Dr. Forshe was the uh, first seminary class that I walked into. Uh, on campus. Um, I was told by my aunt that I needed to take no. Dr. Forshee, who used to be, uh, he used to be her pastor. And so yeah. I walked into evangelism class and uh, Dr. Forshee gave a test about three weeks into the class. He was my first class and he was also the first F I received <laughs> at seminary. And That's so terrible. at that grade, I was like, oh no, doc, I don't know if God called me to preach or not. <laughs> I did get a little better by yeah, the end of the semester, but um, uh, thank you again for uh, for joining us. Uh, you are um, one of my favorite preachers to mm -hmm. listen to. Uh, mm -hmm. You have been for quite some time, 
and uh, I just wanted to pick your brain and get our listeners uh, some some clarity on some some items that I believe you do uh, extremely well and uh, can help our church planners, our pastors, uh, our listeners that uh, join into the Accelerator podcast. So, um, what what excites you most about preaching? The text. I sincerely believe that the Bible is the word of God. God breathes, 2 Timothy 3.16. It's God's sacred gift to us. What a privilege, you know, a high, high honor privilege it is to read that text, expound upon it. Um, but it is, it's the, it's the word of God. And in the moment of preaching, Brian, that's just, uh, that is just the highlight of my week. I, I love to preach the word of God. I'm a pretty boring person. I'll walk into a room. I will not be the life of the party. I'm pretty introverted until I get behind the, the pulpit and, and God's spirit comes on me and I just preach his word. So I guess that's two things. I love the text and I just love the moment of, of just sharing the truth of God's word, knowing that there's power in his word. Isaiah 55, 10, 11, it never comes back void. Amen. Amen. Uh, listeners, if you get the opportunity to uh, to go to Great Hills Baptist Church online and see one of his sermons. Um, he is not boring behind the pulpit. <laughs> oh, there not. is no boring bone in him in that moment. So uh, um, it is a, uh, um, a fabulous gift that God has given you. And uh, I believe you use right. that gift uh, well. Well, you're so kind, Brian. You, you remember, I don't know if you heard this statement by Abraham Lincoln when they asked him about preaching, and he had a philosophy on preaching. He said, yes. He said, when I go hear a pastor preach, I want him to appear to be fighting a swarm of bees. <laughs> you can see the, the animation, you yes. know, the, the enthusiasm. Yeah. You, would, uh, you, would, <laughs> you would pass that test, I believe. I hope make him happy. Uh, yeah. It, it is... Uh, um, great to, to listen to you. You spoke of uh, philosophy of preaching. What would you say your philosophy of preaching is, and how does that show itself in a in a individual sermon, if it does? Yeah, again, it begins with uh, your conviction about the Word of God, the, the text, the sacred text. I think it was Phillips Brooks who gave a wonderful definition of preaching. He said, preaching is the communication of God's truth through your personality. Um, so you start with that sacred text and you be who you are, you know, and of course I have preachers like you did. And I'm very honored that you mentioned me and your, your list there. And we have preachers that we look up to that we learn from and even emulate. Uh, but that's my philosophy. It starts with the sacred text, try to be myself. You know, I, I do include, uh, I tell you, Brian, I'm the funniest when I'm not trying to be funny. It's the craziest thing. I can tell a joke, you know, people kind of chuckle, but if I just be, you know, just be me and they just laugh, you know, you think that's hilarious. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just being my, just being myself, being transparent. Adrian Rogers said, man, you got to be vulnerable. You got to be transparent in the pulpit. Don't overdo it. Don't make it that it's all about you. And so I guess as I, the more I talk, I'm, I'm talking more about homiletics, my philosophy of it, but it really does start with the, with the word of God that, and it ends with it as well. So on a uh, on a weekly basis, do you preach um, uh, not just service wise, but do you preach multiple times during the week that you are preparing multiple um, services or mo multiple sermons for that? Yeah. 
So I prepare, you know, for the Sunday morning message here. I also, um, I prepare a weekly podcast. Oftentimes my podcasts are interviews like what you and I are doing today. However, many times they're, they're more didactic. It's me teaching. Right now I'm doing a podcast. It's called Revangelical. I've been doing it for four years and I'm calling the series uh, Readings and Homilies Through the Book of Romans. And so I'm reading a chapter of Romans and then just kind of a running commentary, a homily, and just making some comments on. I can't do expositional or I would, it would take me forever. I prepared that. I, I write um, five devotions. I, write, I do a daily devotion for each day of the week, five days a week. I do a weekly podcast. I also prepare uh, the prayer meetings, which so that takes some, takes some, some time, some intentionality. But as far as preaching, uh, I prepare that one message. Now, I do travel some and preach like I was in um, um, yesterday. I was in Ohio. I had to think about that. I was in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And I have a message on evangelism. And then and Naam has asked me, speak that message. That's the message we want you to preach. I'm like, so I've preached it like five or six times. I've about got it down now. <laughs> so, if it was good once, it's, it's good to preach again, on. right? Come on. Just got to make sure it's good ones, right? Yes, amen. So, and I have um, no problems, by the way. I, some people disagree with this. I, I, I agree with what you just said. You know, if, if it is effective and you worked hard on it and poured a lot of heart and soul into it and God used it, um, then I have no qualms whatsoever preaching it, preaching it again. Amen. Um, what we we talk about philosophy and uh so so you preach uh prepare a sermon uh once a week uh what is your uh main uh teaching like is it uh topical is it uh bible driven is it expository uh mm -hmm. walking through books um so yeah what what is normal for you at gray yeah. fields baptist well I chuckle when I give this statement when a friend of mine made one time, he said, there's two types of preaching, expository and bad. Is what <laughs> now, I don't, you heard it right I, here. You heard it first, listeners, right here. Expository uh, preaching or bad. So oh, bad. And, and what my friend was alluding to was just pure topical and very little, uh, very little Bible. And I would classify that as a, as a bad sermon. I, I was having dinner a couple of years ago with a buddy of mine. He's, probably the top motivational speaker for all of Keller Williams, the realty company. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And we were having dinner and he, he said, pastor, he said, uh, he lives in Orlando. He still calls me his pastor. He said, what's going on with these pastors? They, they're not preaching the Bible. He says, that's what I do. He said, I'm a motivational speaker. They're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to preach the Bible. And I said, I know, Rob, I know. So my, I've heard it called expositional, exegetical. I've heard it called textual driven it's pretty much the same thing. It's where you start with the sacred text and you study that passage of scripture and you glean the message from the word of God. You know, you have um, explanation of the text, application of the text, illustration of the text, all those things you studied in seminary and I did as well. And so right now we're, to answer your question, what we're doing, we're, I'm preaching through the book of Acts, uh, verse by verse, a little over two years, and we just finished the halfway mark. <laughs> have you that's a long book yeah uh have you taken breaks have have you uh um, taken breaks of of longer books in the past 
because of yourself or because I know my congregation isn't getting this? I see the glaze over their eyes. Yeah, no, I just take a break from that. No, that's, that's a great, great question. And yes, we take breaks, uh, Christmas uh, series. Um, I did one a couple of years ago. I, I called it preaching the paintings. And I, I did a study on seven famous um, works of art, uh, whether it's Raphael's Transfiguration or, um, oh, I'm going blank. Let me think of Van Gogh, uh, his, some of his paintings. And so I would study the painter the biblical text upon which it was built and, and talk about the painting. That was kind of a fun, it was, it was a pure expository, you know, cause I was, I was expository in the text, uh, studying it, but also talk about these painters and talk about the different paintings. So yes, I do things like that. Um, you know, I'm thinking right now, Brian, I, it's all in my mind. I haven't shared this yet with anybody. So you're, you're going to hear it first, but I'm thinking about taking a break from acts and doing a, a basic fundamentals, um, sermon series on prayer, reading the Bible, what does it mean to fast and witness, and just some of those things. So I do, I preach through the book of Revelation. Yes. Twice. you talking about intense. you talking about, you got to, who you got to take people and give them time to digest that. So to sprinkle in, and that's why it takes me so long, it's because I will interject series. Sure. Uh, great uh, book, I believe, that uh, you wrote on the uh, seven churches yeah. in the book of Revelation. Uh, yeah. When I preached through it, I uh, I did give you credit when I Thank quoted you. you. Thank uh, you. Most of the time, most of the time, uh, <laughs> I did, I did. But uh, yeah. I love uh, your study through uh, through Revelation as you preached through it uh, once. I think it was the first time you preached through it. I, I did uh, find myself taking some some great yeah. notes through that. I, I preached it at Liberty Baptist Church, and then again here at Great Hills a couple years ago, a few years ago, and. Um, you know, just take from one, one all the way down through 22. And, uh, and it's very, very intense, but, uh, the hardest thing I've ever done in hermeneutic. I mean, well, hermeneutics and homiletics, it's, it's very, it's a very difficult book, but it's so rich. And I, I, I believe our people were, were benefited and blessed by it. And I, one of my, you know, it's just, you know, again, we all have preachers we love and look up to. And Steve Gaines is, is one of those. And I love to hear him preach and he's a good friend. And we were speaking at a conference together and I kid you not, Brian, he pulls out of his bag my book. He goes, this is my go-to book when I'm preaching on Revelation 1 through 3. And I was like, dude, I didn't know, I didn't know you're reading my book, you know. And so that, that blessed me. It's called Jesus and the Church. And it's yes. the chapters 1 through 3. Great, great book. It is uh, right behind me on my shelf, yeah. I believe, uh, even now. Um, so you talked about uh, preaching through Revelation. That's a particular genre of scripture. It's prophetic uh, yeah. genre and, and literature. Uh, what is your favorite genre of scripture to preach? Yeah, that's a good question. I thought about that question. Um, you know, what I'm doing now is probably my favorite. The book of Acts, you know, the, the, the historical, the uh, the narrative, because I, I, it is a story. It's the story of the of the early church, and I love preaching that. I love preaching on um, like Joseph, Genesis uh, thirty seven through fifty. I love preaching through that series. the The life of David, of course, all of those are deeply rooted in Scripture, and so you you study the the word there and and, and bring out the the pros and cons of their life. My favorite reading, by the way, is biographical and autobiographical graphical reading so my, my most difficult would be the the, the writings 
you know, like uh, the book of Proverbs. I would have a hard time preaching Proverbs. I read Proverbs every day. I learned this from Johnny Hunt. This was, what, 20 years ago. I've been reading a chapter in the book of Proverbs every single day, even on mission trips, Brian, and even on vacation. I'm going to read the word of God because I need it. And so uh, I think that would be the hardest. And because it's so staccato, it's so every verse is like entirely different, you know, and you're like, so it's hard to follow the, the rhythm of it. But I do love, I love reading it. Who has, uh, you've, you've spoken about a couple of, of men, uh, but uh, who has impacted you with, with their styles in the pulpit? Yeah. Well, I think a couple of guys, um, two or three. Well, Johnny Hunt's really impacted me. I love Pastor Johnny. He is, I think he's about 10 years, 12 years older than me. I still look up to him as a mentor, somebody I just deeply love. Got to spend some time with him uh, yesterday and uh, I love his passion, you know, I love his, his emphasis on the, the supremacy of the text. Uh, but again, he is, he's so passionate. I'd rather calm down a fanatic than raise up a corpse, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, I want to be passionate with the word of God. Uh, other people that I mentioned, Steve Gaines, you know, he's very passionate and very, you know, into the text. I listen to podcasts. I've enjoyed listening to people like Al Mohler, who very, very bright, you know, and, and very, intelligent. I love listening to people like that, but I think of all the, the preachers, um, it'd probably be Pastor Johnny that's influenced me the most. Amen. Amen. Uh, I recently uh, came across a, uh, it was a channel, a podcast on YouTube. Uh, it was a Shepherd's Conference with uh, Dr. John MacArthur and Dr. Uh, Al Mohler. Uh, yeah. It was a Q&A about, uh, about sermon prep. Uh, mm-hmm. They were answering questions about sermon prep, and and as they answered this particular question, uh, I thought of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty years ago, I remember uh, multiple sheets of paper folded in your Bible that you would take up to the pulpit, and yeah. uh, they they stated something uh, like this. Uh, they were asked about writing, uh, taking pen to paper out their sermons and their and their manuscripts versus just typing them out yeah and uh so i guess my question do you do you still write it out yeah. and uh is, is there a difference uh um in in how you're preparing those manuscripts these days so um interesting question i did not learn to type till i was 31 i, I hand wrote my phd dissertation 250 pages by hand and my wife, Ashley, typed uh, a large part of it. And I had a couple other people that were helping me type because I literally could not type. So I was like, enough of this. I got to learn. I'm going to kill my hands, you know. Yep. So I've become a pretty decent typer over the last 20 years or so. But every sermon I preached up to that point from 19 years of age to 31 years of age, I hand wrote it all. And, <laughs> and uh, but since then, I have kept the same discipline of writing every sermon out and I still have them all. I have them all handwritten and filed away, but I started typing when I'm, when I learned how to type there when I was pastoring at Liberty Baptist church. And so ever since then, you know, I'll, I'll start with a notepad and just write notes and ideas, thoughts on the text. But now goodness, Brian, it don't take me near as long to prepare a sermon. And I want to tell you one word. It's a Greek word, lagos. 
Man, if if your listeners, God bless you, pastors and you church planners, if you can get your hands on Logos Bible software, it will change your life. Yes, it will. It's called copy and paste, you know. And I'm, but I always, I'm very careful in documentation. Give people credit. So you still take a manuscript to the uh, to the pulpit with you? I do. I, I I did not read the book in seminary, How to Preach Expository Sermons Without Using Notes. I, I just didn't. You, I didn't read that. I didn't want to read that book because I'm comfortable. Now here's here's the thing. By the time I start Monday, and one piece of advice, if I was asked, what, what would be the main piece of advice in homiletics you would give a preacher? I would say, do something on Monday. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. My, my pastor, who was Joel Gregory at Travis Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, I sat under his preaching for four years, and I still think today he's one of the greatest pulpiteers you know, in America. And he would tell you, do something on Monday. And I see the wisdom in that. So I get that thought, that text, more importantly, mm-hmm. and then start developing it throughout the throughout the week. Uh, but yeah, I do take a five, six-page manuscript with me to the pulpit. Now, the key is, and I think people have told me this many times, that we don't know you have a manuscript. And, and because I basically have memorized it, but I do like quotations, and I like to be, be exact on like, I was preaching Sunday morning, I opened up my sermon on a, a, it's called Undaunted Courage. It's a book by Stephen Ambrose on the life of Meriwether Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark expedition. And there were just some key quotes and dates. I wanted to make sure I had it. Well, I had it because I have it in my manuscript. So I I internalize it so much that, you know, memorize so much of it and memorize the main points. Maybe it's just like Linus in his blanket. I don't, I don't know, Brian, but I, I keep it with me. (laughs) I did not read that book in seminary, but I did have Wayne McDeal and uh, in preaching <laughs> class, he would not let us have notes. No, and so yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> that is how I started. That's not how I go to the, uh, to the pulpit today though. Good. Um, I, I do have it uh, right in front of me. So yeah, good, good. Uh, do you do a manuscript or do you just take some notes with you? I do a, uh, a manuscript each point in the, uh, from the text and in the sermon, uh, I'm going to, explain it i'm going to argue it i'm going to try to illustrate it i'm going to try to apply it that's good that's good and with those those four so explanation argumentation illustration and application uh understanding all those areas of a point and from the text which would you say uh would be easiest to bring out in a sermon and which have you seen is uh is more challenging to get across to your folks Good question. John Broadus, you know, wrote the, the treatise on delivery of sermons, and he was asked that question. Of the three, you mentioned argumentation, which is, is, which is one of them, but of the three that were posed to him, mm-hmm. uh, explanation, illustration, application, they asked him, they said, which one's the most important? Mm-hmm. I was surprised. His answer was application. Uh, I thought it would be explanation because, but I understand his wisdom, but if you've if you've correctly interpreted and explained the text and illustrated it, you need to apply that and make sure that people understand it and they grasp it. For, for me, the easiest is explanation because that's where I spend the bulk of my time in, in the study, the word study, the commentaries. And so I have to, like you, be disciplined to say, okay, I cannot stay in this theological bubble for it. I got, I got to illustrate this. I'll never forget, Brian, first church I've served as pastor, 
I remember it as if it was yesterday. This would be 1991 to 96. I'm up there preaching my heart out, man. I'm, I'm waxing eloquent on some deep theological topic. I know I am. And I'm going hard preaching. And this lady, I don't know your viewers, they can't see this, but you can see me what I'm doing. This is what she was doing. The whole time. She, she has her head buried in her chest until I said these words. And so I was traveling on I-35 North the other day. Here's what she did. She physically raised her head. Lifted her head. Come on. Lifted her head because I, oh, what? You got a story. I've been on I-35. Yeah. I immediately connected with her. Charles Spurgeon said a, a, a good illustration is like letting the sunlight come through a window and it illuminates the room, you know. And so I, that's probably my... I have to work on that, I, and I love to craft good illustrations. I usually get those from books that I'm reading. Um, just about every book I've ever read, on the back, I'll make a list of stories or points of things that maybe I could incorporate into the message. So you can pull from them when you come across a, uh, a point in the text. Hey, mm -hmm. I, I remember that from, from yes. this biography, autobiography, yes. or this aspect from the, from the book pull from. Yeah, great, great tool and a uh, uh, great thing for all of us to uh, put into place in our memory banks as well. Yeah, uh, I want to get you out of here. Um, I call this section uh, the faves. It's just uh, five or six quick questions okay. that I will give to you rapid fire just so our listeners might get to know you a little better from right. a personal from a personal side. Okay, I will answer this if you'll take me to play golf one day. We we have not Let's played go. golf in many Let's, years. Let's go. All right. Are you coming, are you coming to Nashville uh, for the convention? I am. All right. Well, we may meet up then if we've got uh, four hours that uh, we can <laughs> sit in a golf cart together. Right, right. I would love it. If not there, maybe Mississippi or Texas. I, I will tell you this uh, before we get to our faves. Uh, last week, I went with uh, Compassion International up to Payne's Valley. Yeah. and uh and played in 40 degree weather and raining Ooh. so you gotta love it. it it was good on the front nine <laughs> it was not good on the back nine <laughs> had, had a few blow-ups i understand right. i understand right. it's golf and I, i'm a preacher so it's all you good. remember dave owens from seminary i do dave owens he personally discipled webb simpson awesome i, I love uh webb simpson and his golf yeah. game Really yes. Good. Isn't that cool that Dave yeah. Owen has done that? So anyhow, all right, go ahead with your questions. What is your most impactful book outside of scripture? Uh, what, what book has really just made an impact on, uh, on Danny Forshee's life? Oh my word, Brian, that's not fair. There's 7,000 of them. I know, but just, just, name, just rattle off one or two. Well, the, the books that that really impact me are the biographies of great men of God. Adonai Judson, To the Golden Shore, Good Night. I mean, just would wreck you. I mean, it's just so in incredibly impactful and powerful. I love Charles Finney's biography. I, I wrote my PhD dissertation on him, Keith Harbin's book on him. But I tell you here recently, in the last, I would say, five years, and if there was one book that I would recommend to people, it's called Hope Quotient. It's Hope written, quotient. yeah, like HQ. Uh, IQ is your intelligence quotient, how you can raise your intelligence through reading and memory and stuff. Well, HQ is how you can raise your hope quotient. It's written by a pastor out in uh, California, Ray Johnston. It 
has really impacted me. It, I would highly recommend it. It's at the top, one of the top of my list. You are a uh, man who exercises a uh, number <laughs> of ways, I believe. What, what's your favorite exercise? <sighs> Let me think. Well, I'll tell you what it's not. <laughs> I'm a triathlete. I love triathlons. And the hardest by far is the bike. So I would have to say either swim or run. Okay. All right. Uh, if you and Miss Ashley and the uh, and the kids and grandkids now are going on vacation, are we going to the beach or are we going to the mountains? I tell you, man, the best vacation I ever had in my life, and if I could recreate it, I would do it again. And the answer is yes. To your, I'm serious. In 2013, we flew to San Francisco, California, went to Yosemite then went to the coast, Coronado, got in the beach, the waves. So we did it both. And man, that was still today the best vacation I ever had. Paige uh, and I uh, talk about this often. We miss being in North Carolina because it was two hours to the beach or yeah. two hours to the mountains, and exactly. we could do both of them. Exactly and uh, right we, we miss being in Carolina because of Tell that. Paige, reason. I said hello, by the way. She's a precious, precious lady. I still remember you calling me from the ICU in North Carolina and receiving that call and, and stopped everything I was doing and went to that uh, emergency room and, and I see you and praise God he's he's he saved her <laughs> he sure did sure yeah. did so uh, I will definitely pass that along uh, last question um, favorite movie or favorite uh, TV show if there is one maybe a genre of movie or TV show if uh, if if you're gonna sit and watch something yeah Man, I, you just can't beat the Count of Monte Cristo. I mean, there you just, go. Come on, Jim Caviezel. Here's my favorite line in that movie. You know, he doesn't believe in God. He's mad at God. He's been falsely accused and all that. And he told the priest, he said, priest, I don't believe in God. And he said, but he believes in you. Oh, hey, come, <laughs> come on. on. That'll preach, brother. But I love um, my more modern day stuff that Ashley and I really enjoy. I enjoy some of the the you know the medical tv shows like the good doctor i don't agree with everything on there but i do sure. i do like that show we take that i'm still a reality tv guy i still like survivor and american idol i know a lot of people don't but um but we enjoy movies usually ashley and i try to go if it's decent we'll try to go once a week that's our date night so there you go uh, Dr. Porsche, I appreciate your time, and I also appreciate you uh, pouring into our planners and our pastors that uh, take part of the Accelerator podcast. Amen, brother. I'm honored to do it. God bless these these men of God out there on the front lines. I, I appreciate them, and thank you for having the Accelerator podcast and doing what you do and, and having a heart for pastors like you do, Brian. May God continue to bless you and use you. Amen. We will talk to you soon, listeners. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.